Welcome to the show where three friends rate, debate, and investigate the films you'll love to see and hate to see. This is You'll Love to See It. Welcome back to another episode of You'd Love to See It. Episode 5, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going I'm to go with episode 5. Either way, I'm joined here with my usual two friends, Eric Zhu and Kale Brunman. How are you guys doing today? No, do numbers even matter? Five, <laughs> six. All right, come on. We didn't watch that okay. existential of a movie. I Actually, neither of these movies were very existential this week. So, uh, you know. Maybe for okay. you. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's true maybe for maybe we have different experiences with uh with uh raising arizona um either way uh we have a question of the week apparently we have an extra question um that caleb brunman is hiding from me um but it's okay because i'm gonna I your, um... <laughs> well i love surprises i love surprises so i'm gonna start you off with a weird question uh but a very very uh reasonable and uh very um timely question and that's that is <laughs> what is your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? Oh, easy, easy, Nash. <laughs> right. I, I was actually curious. It might be your answer. Um, uh, mine is National Treasure. So I'm just going to get that out of the way and say it is. I've seen quite a few, um, some that I don't want to even speak of. But uh, I would say National Treasure is, is just a movie I grew up watching several times. I've, I've seen it so many times. I mean, there's so many memes about it now, too. But uh, is that his most well-known movie? It might not be his most successful uh, in terms of, like, acting performance. I think Leaving Las Vegas is pretty – or Moonstruck. Hmm. Spider-Verse is technically a Nicholas Cage. Dude, movie. okay, don't – we can't count Spider-Verse. <laughs> He's like, what, a – I don't even know what ter- what's after Church Are you, are you dissing animated movies? Are you <laughs> No, I'm not. I actually love the representation wow. too. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, new Spider-Man movie, sponsor us. Um, uh, you'd love to see it. Thank you, uh, Marvel. Uh, but what's your what's your guys' favorite Nicholas Cage movie? Um, maybe you, maybe you don't have one. Here. I have a two for You guys aren't ready. I did just watch a Nicholas Cage movie at Sundance where – the entire plot of the movie is that he gets put in a latex suit with bombs on his <laughs> testicles and he what? essentially runs around like it's by, directed by San Soto. There's no does, way this is a good movie, right? Um, and he like runs around trying to save people from this like rat clan and like it's set in Japan. Um, it's, I didn't like it very much, but it was worth noticing. But my, my answer is very clear. It's David Lynch's Wild at Heart. Oh. I, knew that was, I knew that's what it was going to be. I knew it. Has he only ever, was that the only Lynch movie he's been in? I don't know if he's in any other ones. Yeah, it's his only one. Okay. Yeah, I knew that was going to be your answer. Anytime David Lynch is within the realm of possibility, that's the answer. So I knew that was coming. G-Force? I, I got to give a shout out to G-Force. He was in G-Force? Who did he play in G-Force? He was obviously Speckles the Mole. Oh my God. Come on. Do you um, have a favorite, Caleb? Or is it also... Uh... I'm, I'm a little offended that you didn't take me entirely seriously when I said my favorite Nicolas Cage movie is National Treasure. No, I'm taking you seriously. I just didn't know. Of course it is. You know, usually in, in a situation like this where we double up, I would find something else that's comparable and say, okay, I'll, this will be it so we can each say something unique. But 
there's nothing comparable to national treasure it's true it is uh you know it's a great movie uh you know i don't care what what, what do you think what would you guess the letterbox rating on national treasure is too I... low <laughs> too low it is it's a three one i don't know about that um you know i actually haven't even given it a rating it's one of those movies that I can't rate. You know, I have too much. I have too much bias. Too much connection. Meanwhile, bias. Eric, Eric over bias. here, Caleb, Eric over here. I see your four stars, Caleb. Eric over here, two and a half stars. Oh, <laughs> oh if that's if if I've ever seen a <laughs> fix, there it is, right there, <laughs> right there. I actually, this is clear. Nicholas Cage might have some of them, like. I don't know if an actor that has more movies than him. Like, if you've ever gone through his letterbox page, there's hundreds, man. Like, he does so many, like, B-list. I don't even know what's Actually, lower Actually, there's only movies. 100. There's 111. 111. Dude, yeah. I don't... How how does he have time for that? Yeah. You should like, look at his Con Air co-star Danny Trejo's letterbox and see how many <laughs> movies Danny I, has. You know, I've seen... Um, I've seen Con Air... Uh, which is an experience. You gave it three stars. I actually haven't rated it either. I don't know why. Um, and then I didn't know he was in Fast Times. He's in Fast Times. He is no. He's not. He's like a very. He's Brad's bud. He's the Fast Times. Yeah. He. <laughs> I've seen Lord of War, um, and then I've seen uh, Ghost Rider. Which um, you know, when I was watching Raising Arizona, there was a scene where in the dream sequence or whatever, he, there's that the, the bike on fire, and I was like. That's him in the future. That is going to be Nicolas Cage. Um, I don't know if the Coen brothers knew that was happening, but uh, wow, great job by them to, uh, you know, anticipate Nicolas Cage's amazing performance in uh, Ghost Rider. Uh, I don't think they knew that was going to happen 20 Damn, years. Damn, that's sad. That's kind of sad. Um, by the way, that's a one-star film. Eric and I agree on that, so that's, that's good. Um, what was your question, Caleb? What was your uh, other question? My question is simple. Okay. Uh, for this podcast, we watched Racing Arizona. My question is: We did. Uh, of all fifty states, which state would you like to raise? <laughs> um. Interesting. Um. Okay. Well, I'm gonna take this in two ways. I'm gonna say metaphorically, and um. I'm going to take it literally and metaphorically. So literally speaking, I would like to raise California so that uh, when the global warming hits, um, it does not flood. You know, I, I think that we deserve that. Uh, secondly, metaphorically, what I like to raise as a child, um, you know, I think Florida might be the most interesting aspect of a child to raise. I mean, that was I think that's how I would describe my childhood. Uh, not only did I live there, but I feel like I pretty well embodied the uh, the. <laughs> that occur there so uh probably florida yeah what about you what about you caleb oh yeah i, I didn't really come up with an answer for this, this is an obvious mm. but the obvious answer of course is maine maine i would no. like to raise maine just from what like Ra kids raise maine. If you're gonna raise a child raise a small one i'm taking rhode island <laughs> <laughs> well rhode island is so like but rhode island will never be anything it's so insignificant you know like it doesn't have a future Damn. The Rhode Island <laughs> like a word. <laughs> I'm sorry to any one of our listeners who's from Rhode Island, but uh, you know, it's not even an island. Vermont, I take Vermont. Vermont is sick. 
Ben and Jerry's, yeah. Bernie Sanders. That's a good point. It's called Rhode Island, and it's not an island. That's it's not good. an island, isn't it? Like a is it a is it even a peninsula? <laughs> also, what I put emphasis on that word peninsula. <laughs> I don't know. You can raise Alaska. What's that book? Raising a lot. Ch- Chase. What? Looking for Alaska. Yeah, there we go. Well, now you've you found it and you're raising it. So there we go. Uh, great segue to our. That. <laughs> our <laughs> let's move on to our movies this week which is uh uh raising arizona which will actually be the last film we discuss but the first film we're going to discuss is the newly released it's actually eric correct me if i'm wrong it's been out for a while but it was only is it uh, did it just come out or is it just being screened because I, I know some people saw it months ago but was that just a? it like had a like a festival? week long um it had like a week long like um like screening in December I think for like critics choice award like critics awards and then okay. it's screening now for like within the Oscars eligibility window okay. uh, so, so it is and anyone can get tickets to see it and now now as of today it's on VOD Oh, it is okay. I, no wonder I've just been seeing. I've been I've saw so many Twitter ads today. They're probably hacking into my account to see that I've watched it recently. But uh, I saw about eighteen Twitter ads talking about Minari. So uh, uh, wonderful, wonderful Minari. Um, but uh, yeah, so let's kick it off with Minari. Let's do it. Um, newly released, I guess I'll just say. Uh, just came out as Eric said on VOD. Um, <laughs> why are you looking at me right like that <laughs> i mean the audience can't see that we're looking at each other but i'm looking at you and uh, i'm seeing some smirks on that side um so i don't know what that's about but i'll continue uh minari uh stars um i'm gonna i should know how to say his name considering i've watched him for years steven yoon yeah okay um as jacob who is the father of the Yi family who is recently moved from, I guess it was from California to now Arkansas to live in this very, very small trailer uh, in the middle of 50 acres uh, where they are hoping to get a new start. Uh, we're introduced to the family. Uh, Jacob, who is uh, who has these ambitions to start what he calls a garden, eventually a farm. Uh, we're introduced to the wife, Monica, who is much more mild mannered mild mannered oh that's a tongue twister try saying that 20 times um but uh (laughs) she is um very concerned about her son uh, their son um david who is uh suffering from a heart disease who do they ever say his age i don't know if they ever say the children's ages um of david um he's little Yes, little Six, younger, y- younger than his, his sister Anne, um, and the story revolves around them as they navigate this new home life. As uh, the their grandma uh, Sunja uh, comes to visit them and stay, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a movie about farming, about uh, you know immigration, about life, about water. And about wonderful, wonderful Minari, um, which is actually a, a beautiful song, song about the grandmother. Did I miss anything? It's a little family sprinkled in there. There's some family sprinkled in there. That's true. 
Um, it gets a little hot near the end too. Uh, no spoilers, but uh, that that sounded like it gets hot it, and it, cold at the end. <laughs> it does get hot and cold at the end. That is very That's true. No. All right, so let's let's start by this. Um, I don't know. I have not seen any of the other films by Lee Isaac Chung. Um, Eric or Caleb, have either of you? Uh, is it is it? This is not his first film, correct? No, he's made a couple. Uh, I haven't seen any of them. I think his big one is his first one from 2007, which I do not know how to pronounce, but it's about the Rwandan genocide. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen any of them. This is my first one. I would say the biggest uh, driving advertisement for this film is that it stars probably the most famous Korean-American actor, Stephen Yoon. Um, I mean famously was in the walking dead for a long time that's how i know him i'm not sure what other films he's been in i haven't seen anything i know he's in burning um which i would say is probably his most notable film correct me if i'm wrong but so uh sorry to bother you in okja okay so so this is not like his first first rodeo uh it is his first farm though maybe um actually not if you watch the walking dead but uh i would say um uh, it was interesting that this i've heard about this movie for so long but I don't know if it's like, is it, would this movie have gotten a normal theatrical release? Like, let's say not COVID, would this movie have been playing everywhere? Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. I, I honestly didn't know if it was like a limited release or anything like that, or, you know, how a, a quote unquote obscure the film is. Uh, they're trying anyway, to win Oscars. They're trying yeah. to win Oscars here. They're trying to win Oscars. I don't, they're, they're an Oscar contender this year. <sighs> we'll talk about that. I don't know what is... You know, I would love for Steven Yeun to be nominated. I don't think he will be. Um, I wonder what it will be nominated for. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree. You think he will? I mean, I'm hopeful that he will. I'm just yeah, saying I think he will. But I mean, there's a lot to compete with, right? Maybe not this year. Maybe not because of COVID. There's not that as many films that were released and such. But I mean, I don't know. All right. Well, let's let's get into it. Let's let's start. Um <clears throat> What did you guys like about this movie? Let's start at the beginning. You know, very, you know, we, we arrive at this, at this farmland, this very wide open landscape, which I didn't realize. So they said it was Arkansas. Didn't know Arkansas was that pretty. Sorry, people from Arkansas. Um, and, you know, there's, there's tension between Jacob and Monica. There's the, you know, tension between uh, them about moving here. There's the whole health issue with um their son there's the risk of coming here and not making money which plays into a huge factor later um this is very much focused on the family um and in fact there's so many different little relationships that are given screen time which i would say most importantly is the relationship between the grandmother sunja and the son david um, which I said in my review might rival, uh, um, oh, what's it called? The Farewell what? as the best grandparent, grand, you know, grandchild duo. Um, but yeah, there's there's all these different relationships, all these different things. I, I Caleb is looking at me like he's a little bored. Um, <laughs> I don't know if, if Caleb didn't like this film or if he has so much on his mind that he is just digging deep to... Um, to get information. Caleb, what did you think? 
I don't, you you asked like what did you guys like about this movie and then I was like okay let's let's consider let's consider this question okay and then I I couldn't really come up <laughs> with anything and, okay. and not, not in a way where it's not I didn't dislike this movie but now that I I'm re- reflecting <clears throat> deeper feels like this movie kind of just passed through um in not an unpleasant way for the most part um <laughs> but wow i don't know the, the the performances how about that how about that solid okay. acting. solid yeah acting. let's Best let's start with the performances um i i think you know i i haven't seen uh steven Yeun's other performances in other films i've only seen you know what he's done on tv um but i thought he did a great job i i thought there was, you know, it was interesting while I was watching this film. I thought of you, Caleb, um, because huh. there was a scene where uh, Monica and Jacob are fighting. And on the podcast before, we had talked about these scenes of, like, fighting. And I remember we were talking about it when we were talking about Marriage Story. And we were talking about how do you, like, is this just a stereotypical, like, shouting match, like, fight? Or, you know, you know is this, like, something every family movie has to include in their film just to, you know, kind of meet the quota? It wasn't like, you know, and then there's tension between Monica and Jacob throughout the entire movie. I don't know if any of it was ever that impactful, like, that oomph. Um, I, I, I think there were some moments towards the end that I really liked, um, especially post hospital visit where they were talking that, you know, honestly, when they were more, when they were quieter and then they were, you know, kind of like somber having this discussion, especially uh, from Monica's, you know, perspective when she was saying that she, you know, she didn't like, she didn't think he could, or she didn't have faith in him anymore. I mean, that was to me, uh, I really, I really enjoyed that. I don't want to talk about the very ending yet. I do think I was pretty dissatisfied with the very with the ending, um, but I'm 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 getting a feeling from you, as we've talked about in the past, that these conflicts, these this dialogue between the characters, didn't hold much weight for you. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think, yeah it didn't really have that oomph you look for, and I think this movie was going for a more cumulative oomph so a lot of little smaller uh moments maybe subtler moments that are kind of going to build towards a crescendo uh and that's a fine strategy but unfortunately the crescendo the the climax was not really emotional it was, it was just a fire which i don't think did justice to the moments that that preceded it so i the the approach wasn't the problem but it was it was the the execution of uh of the, the climax, climax that oh that, my god sorry. we had the same word sorry continue <laughs> Uh, no, Wait, that. climax or execution <laughs> no he's saying that the the climax wasn't satisfying Right oh. or like it didn't do justice. Yeah, is that the what execution of the climax is what prevented that that oomph well, that could have been. I don't know because like that fighting scene in particular, what really like does it for me in that scene is 
or not does it, or what doesn't do it for me in that scene is the, um, and sort of, which sort of gets back to what holds me back low from this entire movie is they start shouting at each other and then it immediately cuts to the kids building the paper airplane saying, please don't, don't fight. fight. Yeah. Which plays, I don't know, it plays a little hokey to me. I don't know, it. the entire movie, a lot of it, like I, like, I think what I like about this movie, I like a lot of the ideas behind it. Like, like, I guess we can talk about that later, about, like, what it means to assimilate and what, like, and a lot of the tensions between the characters feel right. But whenever it comes to, like, a moment and a lot of the dialogue, it feels a little, I don't know, it feels hokey. Maybe. It feels a little, like, you know what well, I mean? Like, too, Ackerman, like, 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 yeah, no, I, like, it feels fake. I, I no, I, I, I do agree with that. Um, I, I do think I want to come back after to that, what you were saying about what the film does well in terms of the addressing the ideas of um, assimilating into a new, you know, place and, and things like that, especially, um, you know, it, it's interesting to get this totally different perspective as someone that obviously grew up in the United States, um, a family moving here and, you know, all that. I, I think that is very valuable stuff to discuss while we're on the topic though. I think it's, it's good to discuss it. Um, let's talk about the ending. I know we're going to work a little backwards here, but the movie pretty much, um, you know, I, 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 let me just say this real quick. I really enjoyed the parts of this movie. I enjoyed, I really enjoyed the relationship. I cared way more about the kids. I, I really enjoyed David's character. And, you know, I, maybe this is a little cliche of a, of a, of a, a trope, you know, the, kid being mean to the grandma until we realize how impressive she is and then you know he's all of a sudden infatuated with her but i found it really impactful personally especially after the grandmother experienced this stroke and then kind of like the sadness the the, the boy had i i just was very impressed both with the acting of the of that of david the kid um and just the the entire I don't think there was enough of the daughter. I felt like the daughter was just kind of an afterthought a lot of times, but I really enjoyed uh, the kid, especially even in, in the scene too, where he was at the other boy's house and this, this, you know, American redneck kid offers him, you know, tobacco and, and uh, they're playing card games. I really enjoyed that. I didn't feel satisfied with how the film ended because I didn't feel like there was a lot of reasons there wasn't enough reasons for me to care. Like I cared that the, the barn where all of his hard work had burned, but there wasn't like, I don't know. It was missing something. I, 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 don't, I don't know what it was missing, but it didn't, it didn't have a, that dire, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I view it as a little bit of a cop out. I don't, I don't know. So let's talk about it. What, like why, why didn't that work for you? Is it because you didn't really care about, you know, Jacob's farming success? Is it that you thought the fire scene was just ridiculous? Is, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I guess it just feels out of place. Like a lot of this movie feels, or at least tries to feel like it's from some type of explicit memory. Um, like, I feel that in touches just like how they don't really explain David's uh, heart disease. We just sort of come to learn. We're sort of just plopped into this, this world. Um, and like talking specific, specifically about the fire, the first hint that I got that really annoyed me was when they started 
foreshadowing it with the grandma walking around trying to do things with like the stove and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, okay. So she is going to do something that is going to cause the, the family harm. You see her like starting to throw out the trash and you're like, and you immediately know what is about to happen, which just doesn't feel like what this movie had been trying to do. And then the fire itself is this big, huge emotional moment in a movie that doesn't feel like it's trying to go for, like, as Caleb said, it's like a cumulative movie. It's not one that's trying to go for this big flashy climax. Um, and the entire end of the movie feels like a different movie. I think I mentioned in my original review a bit about also the way the wife is handling the last 30 minutes of the movie. Um, I specifically really hate the hospital scene because it, like, I like the first thing the is like why does she so like she has obviously reached some sort of breaking point and they've already discussed like the wife has already discussed leaving with the kids to California and that's before that's we before find out but both good news right I guess the the <laughs> the way that actually the way that that final split is executed is just so ridiculous to me like she and decides to end it because he wanted to bring his vegetables into the like what is wrong with him bringing the vegetables into the it's not like he's leaving he's bringing he's preventing his vegetables from going bad and but going eric in. but eric he's choosing the farm over the family with <laughs> like that's literally uh, simply like that is a choice to make that like sort of like not disregards it like it just like sort of like makes her character just this narrative device. Like she needs to, she needs to do this sort of irrational thing so that we can have this big, like sad moment where like, oh, the family's over so that we can build towards this huge, like unnatural fire climax that is going to bring the family together in this artificial way. Yeah. I, I the reason I, I, I didn't dislike as much as you did i enjoyed that scene but i also like i had my own ideas about why it was dumb to you know end something over vegetables but i i didn't mind it <laughs> that much when when the ending happened it took all the weight out of that decision because then it was just like why the hell was it in the film because so so what, like, she broke, you know, she, she's like, oh, you brought in the vegetable. Oh, like, like, it just seems too convenient, right? Like, she's, he brought the vegetables in. He chose the food, the vegetables, career over the family. But then in the final sequence, uh-oh, guess what? He chose the family over the vegetables. Like, big reveal, wow. Like, Mickey, though? Like, not, they didn't necessarily, they did both. Like, he and the wife both Well, he in. tried to save the vegetables, but then eventually he gave up. I mean, the, the like vegetables the, the burned. The fire is this function of the like the fire brings them together and he and the wife both go in to save as many vegetables as they can until it's safe for them to do so. There's no like aspect of saving the family because the entire family is safe. But at you know the end, I mean? at the end of that decision, once they knew they couldn't save anymore, once he knew, like he was saving the vegetables, right? But then they got to a point where it, it, you know, like he his wife goes maybe not unconscious, but she drops to the floor and he's looking for her and you know, he, 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 he cares more about like, okay. I know this. I'm not trying to say like, Oh my God, guess what? This revelation, dude, he cares about a woman more than he cares about his wife, more than some fucking vegetables. But <laughs> what, like, 
I do think, I mean, I'm, I'm judging the movie for doing that because what I feel like it boiled down to was like this, like this, this weird way of being like, oh, in the end, he chose his wife. Like, oh, he look at that. He saved her from the burning fire. Like, that's why I have an issue with then going back and re-looking at that hospital scene because I feel like by itself, the hospital scene is not terrible, at least in my opinion. I feel like when it's used in conjunction to later try to show, oh, actually this, it just feels useless. It just feels purely... I don't know. I, I think I, I I dislike the last 30 minutes of the film. Um, and I, I dislike that scene. I, you know, I know like 20 minutes or like 10 minutes ago, I was like, oh, that's so powerful. It was in the moment until I got to the ending and I saw the payoff of that moment. And that's why I didn't like it. If that makes any sense. Do you understand? Am I making kind of sense? Yeah. I just... I, I, I don't know. Like, I understand what you're saying. I can understand how you think that the, the, and I, that the, uh, the, the whole. That's, it feels telegraphed and off. Writing it, it, just seems like so much, so much poorer in the last 30 minutes than the first hour and a half. I really enjoyed the first hour and a half of this film. I mean, it's why I gave it a good rating. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed what how Caleb described the you know the cumulative I enjoyed the cumulative relationship of the grandma and the uh, and David I enjoyed the cumulative you know uh evolution of the farm there were some things I didn't fully I don't know but like the last the ending just left me um, let's talk about some stuff we like I feel like we're riding on this ending a lot that's fair that's fair that's um, fair I, I'm usually the one that says that but yes you're right Eric <laughs> um I I liked the idea, I mainly like the ideas behind this. Um, I really like all the different ways these characters are like trying to blend in with American culture and the different ways that they're actively resisting it. Um, like with Steven Yeun, he's trying to do the Southern like bootstraps, like I'm going to make this farm and like make it on my own in American society, but he's doing it with Korean vegetables. And notably he rejects the guy who offers to make the well. And I'm curious how you guys feel about the end when he does actually make a well. Um, and whereas Monica wants to be in the city with other Koreans, um, but I, I really connected with the emotion she gets when she um, sees the, when she sees her mother again and how emotional she gets when she sees, um, when she see, sees the chili powder. Um, uh, but also at the same time, she is the person that brings in Will Patton's like kooky little um, tractor driving cross-bearing character to come do an exorcism. Um, and then there's also like, yeah, the kids um, and their experience, like whether it's with the <laughs> the little girl at the church who- um, Oh, I was just going to talk about that scene. Please, please says, talk about uh, it. Um, who, who basically says a lot of syllables and says, when have I said something in your language? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and like how, how they try to fit in and their struggles with reconciling who their grandma is with this like traditional American conception of a grandma. Um, I, I, guess, I, I guess I liked all those ideas. And honestly, I, I, I liked the relationship you were talking about with the grandma and the child, but I also like, I really felt the tension for the most part between uh, Steven Yeun and Han Yeri and Yeri Han um, and their their personal and collective struggle against 
um, like against and tr trying to assimilate. Um, yeah, that was th that was the main thing. I really liked just the variation in there. Yeah, I don't want to repeat anything you said, but I agree with you. I I, I love that. I mean, I, I personally just haven't seen anything like it before, and I and I really enjoyed that. But I also loved how it was executed, and you know, those scenes in the church for me when I was watching was just so interesting to think about. You know, both the daughter and the son were subject to you know racist comments by other small children. You know, so there was an innocence to it, yet a dark, you know, a you know, this, this darkness to it, because, you know, at the end of the day, these kids don't, you know, they're not trying to be racist, you know, they're not trying to be rude, but they also don't understand how they don't, their innocence and probably how they've been taught prevents them from not acting the way they do. And it's a really few, it's an interesting uh, scene. Um, I really enjoyed like what you said, um, a lot of the 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 scenes where the grandma first comes i thought that was awesome uh i really like some of the just like what i can describe as cultural differences especially between the grandmother and jacob um you know you would think instinctually that this grandmother would be what's that right grandmother and david no well both both but i'm talking between jacob because you know jacob is this um very like you know, we're going to, you know, I want things done my way. He's kind of disciplined, you know, the whole scene where he wants to punish, you know, David for uh, David <laughs> feeding her, his, his grandmother pee. Um, then you see the grandmother who is, you know, you would think would be strict too, but she's this very, like, very relaxed, very like, um, like non-disciplinary, like, you know, let kids be kids type you know, sweetness that you would, that reminds you maybe of your grandmother in a weird sense. I don't know, not, not your, just like the general you. I don't know. I really enjoyed seeing that dynamic play out as well. Um, I thought that dynamic, I guess I didn't, I guess personally in my, I guess like I, I didn't exactly equate that dynamic to a cultural thing. I guess I just equated that with uh, like grandparents are always going to, or like not grandparents, like like generally, like I feel like it's a common thing that grandparents are less strict to their grandchildren than parents are to their own kids. Maybe I, I, I mean I, I felt that same dynamic at least with my grandparents and my parents. That's like, fair. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I've I I might I kind of agree, kind of this. I mean, like I have you know all everyone's grandparents are different, but I just thought it was interesting that someone who you would think is more quote unquote old fashioned seems to be the one that's actually less old-fashioned you know I, I don't know I just thought that that dynamic was interesting and um my favorite quote from that is what I drank some pee it was fun <laughs> <laughs> and then I love see I love some of the little moments between the the David and her and like <laughs> way later once they've kind of gotten you know a little bit on a better foot with each other you know when she's commenting oh you're a strong man you're a strong, strong boy for you know after having the cabinet land on his foot and putting it back and then you know he teases her a bit and says like how'd the pee taste or something like that you know it was just like those little moments made me somewhat like nostalgic in a weird way and and, and they feel very like connected to this family and that's why I didn't like it when the film went away from that went away from the more rooted family um, experience 
Caleb has been sitting there and I feel like I haven't given him any room to talk and I don't know if he has much to say, which is fair. Um, Caleb, is there anything? <laughs> I'm not trying to call you out. I, 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 everyone's going to be like, damn, he's ratting on his friend, Caleb. I'm not trying to rat on you. I'm just, uh, you know, maybe you've been pondering something that you've been thinking about. I don't know. Uh, if you're listening audience, um, uh, please know that my friend Zach is not ratting on me. <laughs> um, no, I think you provided a nice summation there uh, that the little moments are the, the, the things to watch in this movie. And uh, that's the stuff that you leave caring about. And the movie falters, uh, I think, irreparably damages itself when it moves away from uh, from those nice little personal uh, moments. Uh, I think that specificity in the in the interactions, the little interactions between the family is what provides the movie its identity, which you know again is is quite a shame when you realize how the movie ends just completely on a on a generic um you know yeah opposite note yeah i mean am i wrong is is this is this movie semi-autobiographical semi is it based on a true story? I thought I saw. Was that? Yeah, I would have to assume it is, or else why would you choose chicken sexing as your as the person as the parents' occupation? And chicken sexing is very cool. <laughs> well, Dude. I mean, I, I I mean that's a very what I mean like I feel like that's a very you know like I don't know maybe I'm I'm wrong thinking. I guess like when you're thinking of a traditional like stereotypical immigration story like and you're thinking of occupations like chicken sexing is not a typical occupation like any person like most people think of you know what i mean like yeah it, it, like that has a, has a sense of specificity to it i think chicken sexing is uh you have a whole presentation on yeah it. I, I made a presentation on chicken you know about chicken sexing zach i you don't know, i don't like, know with like no science they're just these teachers oh you've talked about this before students yeah and and they pick up a a baby chick and they, they put in the boy basket or the girl basket and then the the teacher will tell them if they're right or not and then eventually they just know they just know if it's a boy or a girl but then what are they looking at when they pick up the butts i think there there are some clues that can help you identify but you know like he's so fast uh, um so he just that's an error because he just like he knows he's so experienced like, like he she gets there too remember at the end dude she's yeah. she's racing yeah. through those chicks um although i yeah, will I, say I, it is conducive to your point that at a certain point steven yun says practicing like this won't help you but she still does get better yeah that's true that's true hey eric before before i, I actually do want to i just remembered you said something um and I, I do want to pose one more question which before we, I think we should wrap up because we need to spend some good time on raising Arizona, but I want to go really quick and touch on what you said about why Jacob changed his mind at the very end and decided to use the, the little stick thing that finds the water, which we all know is not, I mean, it's bullshit. I mean, it doesn't find water. So why does he do that? Like, I, I don't know if I agreed with like, 
Well, like, it's not like he's using the stick thing to find. He's. It's not like he's agreeing to use the stick thing to find water. It's that like he's agreeing to build a well. I thought no. He already was in the beginning. He had a well. No, That's he he, he, he ground. No, he made his own. He, he decided to dig his own hole and forego building the well that the dude had come in to sell him. And the, at the end, he decides to buy it. No, but at the end, the guy is walking around with that stick and says, ah, right here. Yeah, that's the way they're deciding to build the well. Yeah, but he's saying like that the using like the stick thing, like, I, okay. I Because I remember he went on that whole spiel like about like, oh, this is not science. Like uh, we, we use our minds and stuff like that to his son. Like, oh, we're not buying that stick or like we're not using that the well or the, what that guy is saying. Yeah, I think it's just like a final, just like assimilation thing. Like we can do this, but that doesn't diminish us as Koreans in any way. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, it didn't carry any weight with me, mostly because I had already it, been disappointed. Yeah, but. it's fine. <laughs> the big hokey um, at the end is the Minari, the like final, like- Yes. The final Minari thing, which it was already a little hokey before. Which, I enjoy, I'm going to say that I enjoyed that scene with the grandmother and David when they were, when she, when he, when they created that song together, I thought that was really touching. It, 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 like, it. it like sparked some alarms in my head. I was like, come on. <laughs> it was a little too, little too hokey for you. Like a lot of it works because a lot of the on the nose stuff works, works in this movie because they're kids. Like, yeah. Like you'd be so like, you oh, thought, you thought other those things, but when you see something like you're like, oh God. Are yeah you... like other things felt more authentic this didn't feel authentic to you yeah okay all right well um i was gonna ask i don't think it really matters um i was gonna ask just like the fact that this is autobiographical or semi-autobiographical does that play into the factor of the choice of the ending like do you think like do you give it less flack because of that do you think that maybe it could have just done been done better like i like if it is quote-unquote biographical does that in your mind, do you feel any more, not sympathy, no. any more, no. you don't, yeah, and that's fair. I was just curious if. And just because it happened to you doesn't mean it should be in your story. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's do our final ratings. We got to move on to uh, to Racing Arizona. Um, I pretty much said everything I need to say. Um, really enjoyed all those small family moments, especially with the kids and the grandma. Thought those small moments, like Kale mentioned, too. Uh, really that's that's what i remember i don't remember the the farm i don't remember the the like i don't want to remember the fire but i remember the moments uh that matter i remember those tiny little moments that i think also mattered to david so uh overall uh minari four stars uh that's yeah and just eric just touched on you too zach that that last scene uh with with the minari um yeah on top of the fire just really i think a, a poor ending i'm i'm really not a fan of symbolism and especially blatant symbolism uh in cinema in general um i prefer a you know just a story that is honestly told and then if there if there are you know objects for example uh in that story which can be which from which you can derive uh, a, an added meaning, then that's great. But um, I feel like here the symbolism is injected artificially. Um, 
and it's just you know say like, like you know minari can can grow everywhere like we can we can do it too it's just it's just false uh even if the idea is true the presentation is is false um and actually i don't think it makes sense. i think it's i think the ending tries to be a little hopeful but i think if you actually consider the situation they're left in it's pretty bleak um regardless uh, I, I wish we had just had more on the characters and the family and i give minari two and a half stars i see it going down caleb yeah. um yeah i i don't think i need to say much more other than uh, that that you guys haven't said but um i'm gonna leave it fairly trite um Sweet, maybe a little too sweet. Three stars. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that was a great discussion on Minari, but uh, let's get to something very, very different from Minari. Um, our second Coen Brothers movie. Um, was this their second ever film? This was their second ever film. Interesting second ever film. Um, Caleb, would you like to introduce Raising Arizona? Sure. This movie follows two friends named Jerry who become lost in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Raising Arizona. In Raising Arizona, uh, Nicolas Cage plays H.I., a.k.a. Hi McDonough, a, a, a criminal who is frequently in and out of, of jail for holding up convenience stores, who eventually quickly actually marries Edwina aka Ed uh, who becomes McDonough hence the marriage uh, <laughs> a, a uh, police officer who uh, frequently photographs his mugshots uh, after their marriage they decide they want to have a child except they cannot because <laughs> she cannot and they can't adopt either because he is a criminal who has been in and out of jail. So the natural next step uh, is for them to find someone to have a surrogate baby, but they decide, <laughs> no, we're not gonna do that. We're instead going to steal a baby uh, from a, a furniture seller, the most popular one in Arizona, whose name in is- In the Southwest. Yes, in all the Southwest. <laughs> And Arizona, whose name is Arizona. So they steal this baby Arizona and try to raise it. They do their best, but some uh, some some hijinks happen along the way as they raise and continue raising Arizona. Excellent! Wow, I just want to clap. I kind of want to give a round of applause for that. I'm gonna put in like a sound effect. It's just like gonna be that like crowd noise. You know, people are going to think that, like, we just landed in an airplane or something. That's what it's going to sound like. Um, wow. Yeah. Gosh, where to start with this movie? Guys, I'm excited to talk about this movie. <laughs> what did you like this? What did you tell, tell us how you felt while you watched the movie? I love this movie. So much so that I think by the end of what I'm about to say, not now, but by the end of this podcast, I think my rating is going to go up. I, the more I've sat with this movie all day, the more I love it. 
And so much so that I just got a text from my parents saying, we're sitting down about to watch the movie you recommended to us. I told my parents immediately after I saw that movie, I said, you got to watch this. You need to watch this movie. Um, so I'm excited to see what they think. God, I don't know where to start. I mean, this this movie is so absurd that it's perfect. It's just or near perfect. I mean, first of all, Nicolas Cage, amazing. Holly Hunter, great. Um, shout out to John Goodman, who I did not expect to be in this film. Um, uh, also, uh, Francis McDor- uh, McDormand, who shows up somehow in every movie, uh, didn't realize she was in this movie. Francis McDormand is married to Joel Cohen. Is she really? Guys, yeah. I'm, I'm mind blown. I didn't know that. Uh, mm-hmm. I should know that. Anyways. What do I feel about this movie? I loved it. I mean, it's just fun. This fun. I, I think it might be a top five, maybe higher opening sequence I've ever seen. Um, I really just enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the dialogue that went with it. The little kind of mu- like, I don't know if it was like banjo music maybe that was later on, but it's just this little music in the background that's subtle yet so like fun. And it's just so crazy that it's, it's great. It's crazy great. And uh, memorable moments. I mean, the chase scene. The chase scene is incredible. Um, I don't even know how to talk about. It. I'm so excited to talk about that. The you know when he's getting chased by the cops and the dogs and yeah, it's great. Um, I do have to say, why is this movie not five stars for me? Um, spoiler alert. Sorry, it's um, I might we're gonna say, we're gonna say four for now. Pending discussion <laughs> goes, might go up four and a half. Um, just spoiler. Sorry, um, I broke protocol. Why is this movie not five stars? It drops off a little bit in the second half. It picks a little bit back up towards the end. It drops off a little bit. I The things that kept it running, the things that kept it going, 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 tapered off a bit, um, specifically after the chase scene. Um, everything kind of after that, um, you know, when you get uh, the big, I forgot what his name is. Um, is, it, is it Glenn? no not glenn what's the guy what's the big guy on a motorcycle's name oh it's um leonard smalls after leonard smalls goes into the furniture guy's store and talks to him and then um you know uh high's friends uh steal the baby and everything it drops off a little bit for a little bit and then it picks back up especially near the end again so there was just a tiny period of time where i was like a little out of it but overall i mean the first half of this film is a masterpiece like it's just funny it's just i i i maybe just fits my humor i don't know but like everything i mean (laughs) one of my favorite moments was when he comes down and she tells or comes down from not kidnapping the child and he she tells him she being um ed tells hi you go back right up there and get me a child get me a toddler and um later in the grocery store when he says i'll be taking these huggies whenever you can get uh, whatever cash you can get when he's robbing the it's just like little things like that like it was witty it was funny and i just honestly i've never laughed out loud so much by myself Uh, that's it's that's all i have to say um yeah you guys, let's get into it. I don't want to take all the air time. <laughs> is that uh, is that a lot? I'm sure I just gave you a lot. I know. I'm I'm processing. Um, to bring up some things that maybe you didn't mention, I thought 
Nicolas Cage uh, gave a tremendous performance. He's a uh, he's he's a great actor who should do more great movies, uh, in my popular opinion. There, <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I agree that the movie lags a little in the second half. And I think that is that directly correlates with the amount of screen time that Cage gets. I think the, the focus goes off of high in, in this second half for, for a bunch of it. And then that's where uh, movies start to slow down. I agree. My favorite part as well was the, the chase sequence. Um, yeah. Hard, hard to top that. Um, unfortunately, though, I usually am a fan of the Cohen's humor. I didn't find this as funny as I, as I had anticipated. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just cause we're off. We, we just watched blood simple. Um, but I thought this wasn't as fresh as blood simple quite as inspired and the dialogue I thought wasn't as good. I think the dialogue is actually pretty standard fare that's kind of wrapped up in this uh absurdist. Yeah it's yeah it's I think it's wrapped up in the, the dialogue itself is wrapped up in um I think just the dialects, the 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 accents, and you know how people speak in this co and how the Coens imagine Arizona. But if you kind of peel back the fancy vocabulary, I think it's actually pretty standard, um, which I didn't expect from them. Um, though it still still has its its humorous moments, but uh, didn't didn't hold me all the way through maybe it held me all the way through but it didn't uh inspire me the same way that did blood simple yeah i'm gonna echo something similar um although i will say my favorite scene of the movie that no one's mentioned yet is the scene where Frances mcdormand and her husband come in to meet the baby that's my favorite scene of the movie and i think Frances mcdormand totally steals the show there just the just the just her um just the way she says like oh like he's he's a baby sent straight from like an angel sent from heaven gets me every time um yeah i think the chase sequence is great i love noticing as caleb said maybe it wasn't as fresh this time but like i know when we talked about blood simple we talked a lot about those virtuoso shots like going over the edge of the like going over the the top of the the bar uh, and in this movie, there are a lot of those same shots. There's one like really free floating steady cam, like, or like crane shot that goes like over some chairs and over some like hills in, as it goes towards like a building. And especially in the chase sequence, there's a lot of like swooping tracking shots towards people's feet. Um, and yeah, I'm also going to agree that the movie climaxes at the chase scene a bit and it falls flat. And primarily, I think having seen this this twice now, I think primarily, yeah, it goes away from Nicolas Cage, but also I think I was just never that big of a fan of his two fugitive friends, one of whom is played by John Goodman. They're fun, I guess, but I, at a certain point, a lot of their humor seems to be screaming for long periods of time, which got a little old. 
Um, one of our friends actually texted us in the mail. He said, what are you guys, what are you guys watching? It sounds weird. Like, <laughs> um, but I think it's, I think it's charming and the, it has its moments. Yeah. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, both of you. Um, you know, I, I think it, it comes down to obviously different, you know, we all, we all have different tastes and different, um, you know, I, I, I just, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I, I, I can't, I don't think any of us will disagree. Uh, maybe I'm putting words in your, both of your mouths that uh, the Coen brothers know how to shoot a movie. Like it's, it's just, I don't know what it is. And it, it, maybe it can be as simple as bogged down as the way, like the angles or certain shots. It's just, but it's just like, it's exciting. It's, it's like, I, I feel like I'm watching something different. And I felt the same way, Blood Simple. I felt like the way the movie is shot is just so gracefully maybe gracefully is the wrong word so i don't know i don't know what it is but it it it, i notice it more and i am not that it draws me out but if anything it draws me in um i i also didn't wasn't a huge fan of the brothers the snotes um i really did i had to turn the tv down dude when they were screaming they it was too much like i i'm all for absurdist humor and i love some of the crazy stuff and at first it was like, ah, you know, it was funny. The third time they did it, when it was going on for like 30 seconds, I took the TV remote and I sat there and I put mute. And then when it ended, I put unmuted. Like, it was just too much. Like, I'm sorry. I just can't. I don't want to listen to two grown men scream for 30 seconds and think, ha, 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 I'm so, I'm so enthused right now. Um, but yeah. like, if that, if that's my worst that's my worst criticism of the film along with the drop off in the second half that in my opinion picks a little bit back up if that's if that's the worst of the worst for me that says something for me and i i I agree eric i definitely totally forgot about the whole um dot and glenn scene um with with all those kids and everything um yeah, I, I, I also think, uh, I don't, I, I think a lot of credit needs to be given to that opening. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed that opening. The, the cyclical nature of the jail thing happening again. Some of the similar, you got the same shots multiple times, but it was, it felt new every time. And, it, you know, just the, uh, the, the humor of, of the, you know, the absurd of him being able to get released time after time and, you know, him being like, oh, yep, I'm better. And they're like, all right uh, okay then and then the marriage priest going okay then like i i enjoyed that i thought it was funny uh you know i i don't need to get too much into you know the dialogue i i i don't disagree with what caleb says but obviously it's going to leave different impression impress impressions on different people and while i don't disagree with him it definitely um yeah it just worked for me um you know, maybe if I had, you know, if I view this film multiple times, maybe it'd get old, but uh, definitely didn't this time. Better opening sequence, Eric. Raising Arizona or Jerry? Oh, I'm so sorry, Raising Arizona. It, what is, it, I, I don't want to take this tangent. What the hell is Jerry? Jerry, the best movie of the 2000s. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, I, I guess now we're going to have to do a podcast episode about Jerry in the future. I, uh, I don't know if that's possible. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, well, I will say for me, the Coens, like when you talked about how their movies are shot, I feel like for me, 
the Coens are more of like a like an affectation. Not an aff that that sounds reductive, but it's like they do very specific things with genre, um, in terms of their like deadpan absurdist comedy as well as their sort of like their mix of comedy and like drama thriller is very specific. Um, and I, I feel like their specificity is in in their writing and the performances they get. Um, although they do also shoot very nicely, nice looking movies. Um, yeah, and I, I honestly, I, like this is, this might be a small amount of credit. Like, you know, does this matter in the long-term? This movie is just original. It's just like, it's so unique. It's so itself and it's not ashamed of it. Like in an age where I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong. I think, you know, I, I am probably wrong. I tend to be a lot of times. Um, in the day that I feel like comedy, comedic movies are kind of dying out, at least original comedies. Granted, this movie was not made recently, but yet I feel this originality to it. This this uniqueness, it's, it's its own flavor. Like no other movie that I have seen can compare to so that that's that's what i really appreciate that because like i'll be honest i love comedies like most people do but nowadays i feel like there's a specific lack of these original ideas and you know it may have been 1987 so it's not recent but props to them for having such an original uh original film you say comedy is dying but saw a great TikTok today about someone trying to make a fried egg. <laughs> <laughs> Did see that too? <laughs> well, film comedy. Uh, I think I that's know. more of a function of comedy is not making that much money. Or like, like- I just saw a really funny movie the other day that I thought was really <laughs> funny. Uh, it's called Jerry. Oh my and God, I hate you guys. Comedy's not even listed as one of the genres, but it's, but it's very funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I, you don't have to agree with me. Like, I, I do feel like there is a notable okay. lack of original. Maybe, maybe it's not even comedy. None of us have seen Barb and Star yet. None of us have seen Barb and Star. Come on. <laughs> I actually want to see Barb and Star. I'm, I'm, I'm planting my flag down on air that I would like for us to watch Barb and Star. I don't know about that. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it has great reviews. Oh Maybe my we God. should vote. We can vote. If, if we watch that and you give it less than four stars, do we get a refund? Or... Yeah. How do I? How does Eric refund me my time? How does that work? What do you mean it has a seventy-eight on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, Rotten, oh, tomato. Rotten Tomatoes. What is that? We're going. No, down. are you? Kidding? All right, all right, all right. Back on track. Back on track. It has good reviews. It has a three point five. Three point five is high up for Letterbox for a comedy. What else do we need? What else? Pop Stars is a 3.5 on Letterboxd. How dare it's you the take same the Lord's name and now, now, when I talk about original comedies, that's an original, that's a good original comedy. Anyways. Um, and it's unfortunately, it was a box office bomb. Yeah, that's kind of sad. Dude, that's I don't know how scary. that's true. Yeah. I, showed it, I showed it to Shauna the other day, and, and it, she just, she loved it, dude. It's so funny. Anyways, we don't need to compare Raising Arizona to uh, Pop Star. But, that would be uh, an unfortunate comparison. <laughs> that would, well, yeah, sorry, Cohen Brothers, but uh, one's a five-star, one ain't. That's all I'm going to say. Um, what else? How do we wrap up Raising Arizona? Is there anything else lingering in your head um, um, that we yeah, What do you guys think of Leonard Smalls? Like, I, I guess for me, when I was thinking, thinking of this and Blood Simple, they're both, like, he and the, like, the yellow-suited 
hitman sort of serve the, serve the same function. They're just these like agents of chaos. Whereas in like, in um, Blood Simple, the hitman is very clearly given to us as a character from the very beginning. And he's, we slowly come to realize that, oh, this man is batshit insane. Yeah, Whereas I, in Arizona, he sort of just appears. Uh, and did, I guess I was wondering what you guys, do you how, carry the same weight? How, how, the, how that sort of character trope worked for you? It did. It didn't carry the same weight. Um, I, I was much more attracted to the insanity of, of, of Lauren in Blood Simple. But uh, this character, you know, I, you know, it was interesting, the whole uh, connection in the dream. And he's like, you know, this, this, you know, whatever. I don't want what he said. Not evil. Oh, the vengeance is, is coming. Like, like shooting the bunnies. I yes. Yes. Um, but ultimately... It seemed to me like, yeah, I mean, it was good, but it just seemed like a convenient villain to kind of come, you know, express how badass he is and then quickly die within 10 minutes of actually meeting the characters compared to the actual, what I thought was the insanity and geniusness of Lauren's character to be such a crazy man compared to this guy who's just doesn't even seem to me like a real, he seems so comic comical you know yeah i think he, he's cartoonish in a way that i don't really much care for and he also feels at least relative to blood simple tacked on uh and he, it feels like the coens had this movie as it was and they thought mm, maybe maybe it's missing, it's missing something let's let's add this this, as Eric described, agent of chaos to, to kind of give the movie an extra jolt, whereas Lauren is an integral part of Blood Simple from the very beginning. Like you, he's fixed into the story, whereas Leonard feels more more uh, tacked on. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah. S- Smalls, he's just insane throughout, and Lauren is is kind of developed to go crazier, which I think just adds more depth and, and intrigue, and uh, makes me think that Blood Simple, I I like Blood Simple more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say they're like comparing apples and oranges because they're not. Um, I don't know if I can say it's just they're so different to me because one is such an absurd comedy, the other one is. In some of its own ways, uh, comedic and absurd, but very much pr- provoke different feelings in me, which, you know, obviously they're two different movies. Um, I don't know. Um, I did not really completely understand the point where Smalls' tattoo is revealed and it's the same one as High's. I didn't understand the significance of it. Didn't, you know, there's like a shot of the tattoo and he's, you know, High realizes it. Like, is there anything there like I, I was i missing something um it was just I, like there like I, I i i was really confused i was about to these they're like is this his long lost son or like i i have no idea like i was just like why is it why is it why are they the same exact tattoo like is, is it supposed to be like the uh, spitballing he is the incarnation of his um violent um like violent criminal fugitive self. Mm. Well, I didn't know you were working Still, for the Co- Cohen brothers. Good husband that they always needed. Since when did you get put on the Cohen brothers' payroll? 
yeah. <laughs> to, 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 to uh, spiel for them. To, That's why to you appeared in the dream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's wrap up boys. Um, Raising Arizona is a clever, clever film and it, 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 it tickles me in all the right places. And <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way, but it was, it, it was an amazing film to watch. I laughed my butt off. Uh, Nicholas Cage gave the best Nicholas Cage performance I've ever seen. Um, and there's not much more to say than you need to watch it. If you haven't um, overall, I'm going to give raising Arizona four and a half stars. Hey, um that's half a star less than what i gave jerry (laughs) all right so to wrap up i think i don't know it's just the way these two characters fit into the the massive landscapes that i don't know just really gives a great perspective uh on our mortality and are you talking about jerry caleb because if you are i'm gonna kill you (laughs) (laughs) raising arizona uh no i'm i'm you know i'm just glad that zach was tickled in all the right places (laughs) yeah i would have to agree um this was the perfect dirt dirt mattress for me to fall on after an early day (laughs) um and i was i was enthused i was charmed i thought it was fun and i gave it three and a half stars all right well i like the beat (laughs) if you've taken anything from this movie it's that you should watch raising arizona maybe minari and definitely jerry apparently i guess that's gonna be the next highest thing on my movie watch list since i don't have a film for intro film next week so uh gonna be watching jerry i guess um i'm a little scared though uh so if you gotten anything from this podcast watch jerry and uh go rob a convenience store and make sure you grab some huggies with that we'll see you next time